Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 34 of the Postcast. I'm Sean Fairholm. With me is my co-host, Cassie Stein. We've reached the end of the PGA Tour season. Justin Thomas won the FedEx Cup and the $10 million that comes with it. Xander Shoffley won the actual golf tournament, the Tour Championship, and petty cash compared to Justin Thomas's at only $3.5 million for Xander. And during the award ceremony, they told Xander how much money he had won. He had not realized at that point how much money he had won. Cassie, has anything like that ever happened to you where uh, someone <laughs> told you you've won a large sum of money and you didn't realize it? Yeah, maybe like 100 bucks in my face will be the same as Xander. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, same, same with me. <laughs> Ooh, $100, yay! <laughs> yeah. What was it, $3.5 million? <laughs> Yeah, three point five million. Yeah, I still go to the grocery store to use their scale to weigh myself. I don't. I'm I'm too cheap to buy my own scale, so that's where I am financially. So, uh, being told you won three point five million would be pretty nice. Yes, that doesn't sound like a bad deal at all. <laughs> so, uh, getting back on track, two victories this year for Xander, a former San Diego State Aztec. We talked about him before after he won the Greenbrier. Uh, we've seen this coming down for a while. Remember, he was uh, a top five finish at the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills. Now he wins at East Lake. I think we kind of have a budding star here in Xander, don't we? Oh, absolutely. And can you say Rookie of the Year written all over it? 100%. I mean, that's just inc- incredible play um, this weekend and just really the whole season. You know, the last, I don't know, maybe like like June when he, when he came on um, the golf scene at, at, at the U.S. Open and then Throughout the rest of the season, he just really stepped up his game. You know, I'm actually really surprised he's not on the President's Cup team. Mm. Not, you know, he's he wasn't a captain's pick or anything like that. Um, like we did say, he did come on at the end of the season, but I don't know. It's just weird. Like he won the Tour Championship and he's not on the President's Cup team. Yeah, interesting that if it was the Ryder Cup, he probably would have been on because remember uh, Ryan Moore had that great run at the Tour mm-hmm. Championship last year, made the Ryder Cup, but because the President's Cup selections are earlier, uh, Xander gets left out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I would I would assume he would be he would have been on a Ryder Cup team um, if it was this year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, before we bring on Ron Green Jr. to talk about the FedEx Cup and this week's President's Cup at Liberty National, let's talk a little bit about the FedEx Cup as a whole and the President's Cup as a whole. And uh, let's start here. Can we agree that the FedEx Cup is better than what we had in place before, which was which is really nothing? It was the beginning of the silly season, just kind of the the beginning of, uh, you know, some of the tournaments that we don't really pay that much attention to. Correct. I, I will agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think we can agree that, I mean, the FedEx Cup to me makes a lot of sense. Um, there should be some sort of playoff system or some kind of finality to the uh, to, to the year. Um, what would you do to uh, to change it? Or do you think it's it's good the way it is right now? So listen, I, I love the FedEx Cup. I love the FedEx Cup playoffs in general. I think it's awesome how they cut, they cut down every tournament and the best players move on. I think that's how it really should be. And there's obviously the $10 million prize at the end, but I think our Ron Green Jr., like you said, who will be joining us shortly, wrote it best in our, one of our Global Golf Post issues two Mondays ago, where we can rotate being in Atlanta and at Le- at, at um, Eastlake every other year. What my one, one of my questions is going to be is where? Obviously, he had some course in mind when he wrote that, so um, I, th- I think he's, he's on the right track with that, and when you go back to the same course every year, I don't. It just kind of gets repetitive, and you know what kind of shots are coming. You know what, every, everything about the course basically. If you're a true golf fan and you watch the Tour Championship, so I'd love to see it go somewhere else too. I'm, 
I'm just going to follow Ron Green and see where he thinks it's going to be best to, you know, change up. Yeah, he mentioned um, Philadelphia, which, I mean, Philadelphia mm-hmm. has so many great courses. Uh, one that comes to mind is Aronimink, which hosted the, uh, what I guess is the uh, the Quicken Loans now. They've changed it around a little bit. But um, that's a great course. Marion has hosted the U.S. Open. And uh, he mentioned Michigan because, remember, they lost that, uh, was it the Buick Invitational event that Tiger used to win every year up there? I was going to say every year, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they lost that event. So, um, you know, maybe something in uh, near the Detroit area. Maybe, uh, you know, the LPGA is in Ann Arbor. But, um, you know, there, there are so many great courses up in Michigan. So there, there are definitely uh, options that we can we can go to. Um, I, I, I think... Cassie, for me, um, right now for the FedEx Cup, it's just terribly confusing for me. And, and I don't think that really makes for good theater. I get the point system, but I think what makes great drama in any sporting event is that do or die kind of feeling. And it, it seems mm-hmm. counterintuitive to have one guy win the final golf tournament and somebody else win the whole pot. You know, I think for me, I would really love to see, uh, you know, something that is akin to, uh, you know, the guy who wins the, the the final tournament wins the whole thing. You know, like you and I are both huge hockey fans. And one of the beauties of the playoffs is that if you get in, you can win. I mean, last year, the Predators right. were the, the last team to get in the playoffs. And they ended up going throughout the, the Stanley Cup finals and winning. And there are a lot of examples in sports of, you know, the last team getting in goes and, and wins the, the Super Bowl or, or, or wins the championship. And uh, I'd love to see that in golf where, you know, if you get into the tour championship, you can go and make a run and win. You know, I I agree with you on that. Although that was the first time in seven years that we had two different winners, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it does, it does go back a little ways. And, um, there has been, you know, that whoever wins the tour championship ha- has won the big pot. Um, but I, I can see where you're coming from on the point system and how it's just, it is confusing and, you know, if someone's just tuning into, you know, just say the BMW championship was, which is the third leg of the um, FedEx Cup playoffs, then they're like, well, how, how is that possible that this person didn't get into the tour championship or why is this person in the tour championship and the other person's out? So I, I can under, I can understand where you're coming from with that, too. I'm going to throw out a, a, a scenario for you. Um, I, I came up with my own little system for how I think the FedEx Cup should be run, and I want you to kind of see if you agree with that or don't agree with that. I think we're headed towards three events, aren't we? In, in 2019 with this new schedule, it looks like we're going to go from four to three FedEx Cup playoff events, it looks like. So I think that's good because we could end before football season and um, mm-hmm. we all want to watch football. So it's understandable. Um, mm-hmm. I think the first two events should be pretty much similar to have we how we have them now. But I would make the last event the top 32 players, and then I would play a a kind of match play from that point. I would make I it think, a little yeah. bit similar to like college golf in a way. And, and how I would do it is um, 17 through 32 would play one round of match play, and we go down to 24 players. And then we have numbers 9 through 24 play again, and then we mm-hmm. go down to the last 16 players, and from there we just play single elimination match play. And I think that'd be really exciting. And that's for the $10 million or you get the prize money from the tour championship too. That's for both. I think you, okay. you win the you tournament, win it all. you, you win everything, you win and wh- whatever all. that, whatever that amount is. I'm not really sure right. whether it's right. 
combine 3.5 plus 10 or just the 10 or I don't know how they would they would want to do that but it would basically okay. narrow it down it's like playoffs you know if you if you win the tour championship you win everything and I know a couple of the things that people are gonna say are okay you're not guaranteeing your best players for multiple days but I think I mean, the tour championship is already getting modest crowds and, and the, the TV ratings aren't that great. And these are your best 32 guys anyway. So I think you, you already have your best players. And by doing the match play this way, you're saving your top eight players and guaranteeing that your top eight guys are going to be in the final 16. So I think I think you're, you're putting your best stars out there. And we've seen that work with college golf. I think people are really, are really attracted to that kind of format. Do you think we could do that like in every other year type of thing? Because I think the, I think that would wear out a lot of guys who are playing the Ryder Cup um, just you know, a week or two after the Tour Championship. W- would you be okay with it being every other year? Yeah. Uh, I, like, I think, a, uh, like a match play style? Yeah. I mean, I guess the, it would be one of those things where maybe they could test it out and see how it, see how it goes and, and how mm-hmm. everybody likes it. But I don't know. I think we forget with match play is that a lot of these – Matches don't go 18 holes. I mean, um, you're, you're not playing a ton of matches. I mean, right. the most anyone would play is, I guess you could technically play um, six matches, but you're going to be, six, uh, right. you'll be, you'd be very unlikely to, to play that. And what we could also do is make the tournament start on Wednesday, make it a little bit longer like they do for the match play championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I think it'd be great. I, I think it'd be great yeah. theater. And we'd have that, that Sunday where we have, we, we could do just an 18 hole championship match. And I don't know. I think, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a lot of fun and you know, not, not every match goes, uh, goes the distance. So I think, you know, these guys are already, when they're, when they're going to the tour championship, they're already playing four rounds and um, practice rounds. And I think maybe this would kind of cut down on a little bit of that. Yeah, for sure. And just for our listeners, again, this is we're talking 2019 when the schedule yes. changes, no, nothing's changing for 2018. <laughs> exactly. 2018. I just want to remind our listeners that we're talking maybe 2019, maybe a little bit different format and uh, giving uh, the viewers at home a different look at um, how to win a tour championship and, you know, bring in something um, different. And uh, match play, I think, is really big with, um, you know, in college golf, as Sean mentioned, and uh, just in general. So, yeah, definitely. Well, let's yeah. let's move on to the uh, to the Presidents Cup because, um you know, we, we have this coming up this week and, uh, you know, I think you and I are both excited for this. And, uh, you know, what, what do you what do you how do you view the President's Cup right now compared to the Ryder Cup? So I, I, I like the President's Cup. I'll, I'll watch it all weekend, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not on the same level as the Ryder Cup. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I don't have an exact answer. There's no exact science um, how to make it better. I, I don't think. Unless you have one, I'm sure you do, Sean. I do. Um, <laughs> but I think that there needs to be something that sparks it in mm-hmm. order, you know, to get it on that type of level and in order for viewership to watch it. And like you said, the the, fo- the football has already started, college football and um, NFL football. So pe- people are going to be watching those things. And um, this is another question I want Ron Green to answer. Hopefully, we can get the, we can get to him and. Um, talk to him about it but there, there needs to be something that sparks it because it's just not on the same level the normally you know it, it's been closer over the years the score but the u.s normally blows out the internationals and it's not fun because uh, by sunday it's already done yeah i think a couple of things here um i think what ron will probably tell us is that you know as 
as he should, um, the international side has to win for this event to be competitive, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, uh, that's what makes Absolutely. the, uh, the Ryder yeah. Cup so great. You know, I think the, the Ryder Cup really needed the Americans to win at Hazeltine. I think it really it benefited from that a lot. And Paris in 2018 is going to be epic because of it. Um, here, here's um, how I would fix the, the President's Cup. First of all, it's never going to be in the same sentence as the Ryder Cup. So I don't think we could ever get to that point. But um, I would do two things, really, really kind of somewhat small changes. Um, the President's Cup takes a long time. It starts on Thursday, whereas, you know, the Walker Cup's only two days. The Ryder Cup and Solheim Cup are three days. President's Cup is four days. And I get I get worn down throughout watching yeah. the, uh, the President's Cup. So I would cut it, cut out that first day and make mm-hmm. it make it 28 matches instead of 30. And I think that helps out with um you know, the international side doesn't have quite as much depth as, mm-hmm. as uh, the U.S. side. So if you cut out a couple of more matches, they already got it down from 34 to 30 in recent years. So cutting it down another two, I think, would help. And making it, you know, only three days would help with that depth factor. And then this one is a little bit far-fetched. This will never happen, but this is what I want to see. I think to help the international side out, I say each year we give them the choice of adding two players from either continental Europe or two players from Great Britain and Ireland. They get the choice each year. And I mean, come on, like imagine the build up to that. Like each year, <laughs> like should the pre- should the international side go with John Rahm and Sergio or should they go with Rory and Justin Rose? Like it'd be like the Zurich Classic. We'd be talking about it months in advance wondering like what teams are going to be formed and I don't know. I think it it would be fun and you know, everyone would say, oh, well, the Europe guys are only for the Ryder Cup. But, you know, the U.S. guys play the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. So why can't why can't you add in a couple of uh, European guys and, like, you know, even things out a little bit right now? Because right now they're not really even, you know? Yeah, no, I love that idea. But at the same time, it'd be like us for the Ryder Cup. Not that the U.S. team is not doesn't have great depth or anything like that, but that'd be like, oh, we're going to claim Jason Day because he lives in the U.S. <laughs> for that week and that week only. You know what I mean? Um, but they're but still I mean, technically international, though. You know, we've, right. like, we've, we've ruled out Europe because, like, you know, for the sake of the President's Cup, but it's not like... You know they're from the states or anything. Like they're still right. they're still international players. Yeah, they're just not on the international team. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I I get where you're coming from. Like you said, it is a little far fetched, but yeah, just the build up. I think it, it would interest people more, and um, you know, I think there's bigger names obviously from those countries that would make it a little interesting. I don't know if the players would be for it though. Do you think they would be okay with it? Probably not. Don't kill my dreams, Cassie. Come on. <laughs> I wasn't trying to, but hey, I wanted to throw it out there. This has gotten way. But this has gotten know. way off track. We gotta. Get, we gotta bring Ron Green Jr. on. I know that's what I'm thinking too. I think he's gonna answer all of our questions perfectly for us. <laughs> so why don't we do that right now? Here's the interview with Ron Green Jr. Welcome on PGA Tour Insider Ron Green Jr. Ron, how was your trip to Atlanta last week for the Tour Championship? It was good. It's a uh... You know, always a fun time to go down there. It's, it's always a sort of different feel to it because there's so few players down there. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's good. And, uh, you know, they, they I don't think anybody, even Xander Shoffley, had him penciled in to win the Tour Championship. <laughs> but that's what happened. And then, uh, you know, Justin Thomas 
put the uh, exclamation point on a great year. And uh, so, yeah, all good. And now off to the President's Cup and then for whatever supposed offseason there is for PGA Tour golf. <laughs> About 48 hours, right? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> In- incredible seasons for both JT and-, and Xander. I mean, Xander won it at the Greenbrier earlier in the year, and of course we know what JT has done. Did they both lock up the uh, Player of the Year and the Rookie of the Year honors, respectively? Yeah, I think it was going to... I like Justin Thomas's chances, even had Jordan Spieth won. It would have been really close, but uh, Justin Thomas eliminated any question, no doubt now, who the player of the year is. And I think Xander Shoffley, too. I think, you know, through a quirk in the rules, sort of, John Rahm was not eligible. I think he would have been mm-hmm. uh, uh, a guy for with a lot of discussion around him. But, yeah, uh, Xander Shoffley, who, you know, before uh, the calendar turned to July, most of us weren't even terribly familiar with. And now here he is, and uh, good for him. I mean, he really – I mean, he – comfortable except for that last little one he had to sort of you know shake in there that winning (laughs) putt there uh you know he's i mean two wins in a season good for him yeah he's really turned it on the last half of the season we should say but um sean and i spoke earlier about this on, on how we could improve the fedex cup and the fedex cup playoffs you wrote two weeks ago that maybe the pga tour can rotate out of atlanta every other year did you have a course or a few courses in mind when you when you wrote that well i just i had more sort of areas in mind i think mm-hmm. you look at big areas in the country that don't have maybe annual golf tournaments i mean detroit minneapolis philadelphia i mean philadelphia is going to have a playoff event next year or at aronaming but uh those are places you know say the wells fargo championship leaves quail hollow <clears throat> as some have speculated maybe that's a spot down the road <clears throat> excuse me it's allergy season <laughs> um <laughs> They played champions in Houston before, and you know when it when it first got started. I mean, years ago, way back in the late '80s, when I think it was called the Nabisco Championship. They played at Hilton Head at Harbor Town. They played at Pebble Beach and things like that. You know, I understand part of what makes it successful is the Southern Company and Coca Cola are based in Atlanta. They're the big primary sponsors, and they have a big piece of that tournament. So I, I could see maybe basing it. Planet East like every other year or something. I, I just think it might need a little, you know, be worth freshening it up as they're getting ready to freshen up so many other things with the, the tour season and looking like going to three events. You know, there's also been talk of what if you play the tour championship and then somehow, some way come back for a FedEx Cup shootout of some sort. I, I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of things have been discussed. I don't know any specifics and I don't know if it's going to change much, but I think all options have been on the table. Ron, Cassie thinks I'm crazy, but I have a, a master plan for the FedEx Cup playoffs where the last 32 <laughs> players get in a match play tournament. Am I am I crazy to uh, have the uh, Tour Championship end with a, a match play uh, tournament? I think that's a good idea. I think what you would have to sell is television. Mm-hmm. I don't know that television thinks that's a good idea. And I think that's probably the drive. That's been kicked around some. Uh let them play down, you know, man to man with the money on the line, all that. Uh, but I think, um, from what I understand, television is not real keen on match play, mm. other than Presidents Cups and Ryder Cups. Understood. So it wasn't just me. So it wasn't just me who shot down your idea, Sean. It was television too. Oh man, yeah, television, <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move on to uh, Presidents Cup talk. 
Uh, last week, Rory had that that podcast with No Laying Up where he talked about a, a world tour and basically bringing the PGA Tour and the European Tour together. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that, whether that, that would be good or bad or, or possible at all? I don't <clears throat> I don't know how possible it is. I don't know that uh, those two want to merge, but, but I think I think you've we've sort of over the years, the tour has sort of gradually gradually become a world tour. I mean, you look around and think of the number of top players who say in January will go to the Middle East, play Abu Dhabi or play Dubai uh, before they come back and pick up some on the West Coast. I think in July, you, the European Tour sort of owns July with the Irish Open, the Scottish and the, and the Open Championship. And then once the FedEx Cup ends, particularly in the future when it ends in first, you know, Labor Day, first weekend in September, from there, they're going to have one of their biggest events and plus the race to Dubai on the European Tour. So in a way, <clears throat> they remain separate, but the schedule works out. I mean, and you include the Asia thing. I know a lot of Several players are going to go over and play in Malaysia, play in the new Korean event, play in uh, the Shanghai WGC. So in a sense, we already have that. I think the bigger question would be, would they just put it under one big umbrella? Mm. And I don't think I don't think that's likely to happen. Okay. Moving on to the President's Cup, um, Liberty National Golf Club in New Jersey. The U.S. led by Steve Stricker, the internationals led by Nick Price. What is going to be the main storyline heading into this event or maybe even leaving on Sunday? Well, I think heading in is one thing. Leaving could be something else. I mm -hmm. think the, the internationals need to win. I mean, it's not a rivalry if the same side wins all the time. And uh, so it's what I get on one and one. Now, there have been a couple of closer matches. The one in South Korea two years ago was close to the end. And, uh, you know, we had Chris uh, DeMarco making a putt, I think, in 05 up there in Virginia to win what looked like it ends up like a three point match, but it did, was never that wide a gap. It didn't feel like. So I think it's critical for the internationals to be at least competitive and it'd be great fun given the setting, which I mean, it's, it's really a dynamic place when you're there and you can see the skyline of Manhattan and it feels like you can almost hit a three wood to the statue of Liberty. <laughs> it's so close that if <clears throat> say it's in doubt going to Sunday and you get the 12 singles and, you know, you stir up Patrick Reed and all those sorts of things. I think that's what it needs. I, I, you know, if, it, if the Americans are up by seven points going to the last 12 singles matches, it's pretty anticlimactic. So I, uh, sooner or later, the internationals need to win. And they made a good move back when they reduced the total number of points because I think depth always favors the American side. And uh, by uh, doing that, it was a small step to help the internationals. But uh they need to get off to a quick start and, you know, have this thing going. When we uh, shut it down Saturday night, looking towards Sunday, that this thing's still in doubt to really make it a compelling event. Cassie and I were talking about uh, Jason Day and Adam Scott. No wins this year. Last year, I think they combined for five wins. It, how important is Australia towards the international team really being competitive in this event? Well, you just look at those two names. I mean, those are huge stars on that side, uh, mm -hmm. you know, about as big a stars as they have. And for them not to have been relevant this year, I mean, Jason, they finally got his game back in shape a little bit here at the end and shown some flashes that maybe he's, uh, he's closer to being the Jason they were familiar with. Uh, you know, he went through a lot. We talked about through earlier in the year with his mom and all that, that, but I think his game, I think his desire, I think all those things sort of coalesced together. He was just less than he usually is. And I think toward the end, you know, he made the caddy change and uh, has, has played pretty well. I think he 
for the internationals to have any chance, he's got to be very good this week. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Adam Scott, I think, is just, you know, he's a dad. He's become a dad for the second time. Uh, life is dead. Or, you know, his wife was uh, had the baby over in Australia. So he was making that commute. <clears throat> That's a little different than just, you know, trying to run downtown for something for most mm-hmm. of us. <laughs> so uh, I just think his game is <clears> – <throat> he's right at a point age-wise, too, where – you know, it might take a little more work to keep it where he wants it to be. And, and he just was never quite there this year. So, um, you know, I don't know if one week salvages it, but one week could make a whole lot of difference in uh, how this President Cup plays out. Before we let you go to the international side, have, uh, have any chance to, uh, to win this? Yes, they have a chance. I don't think they're going to win, but mm-hmm. I think they have a chance. Uh, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't like their chances having to play from behind on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But I think if they could be even or – point or two ahead then they would have a real chance suddenly the pressure would be on the american side uh i think much of the success the americans have had in this thing is is they've played with almost no pressure they've gotten out to leads and being able to sort of freewheel it and it's a totally different vibe than what you get in the Ryder cup the look the feel all that uh and you know there's nothing wrong with trying to emulate the Ryder cup and and i think they've taken a lot of what the Ryder cup is and tried to apply it to this but uh what is the uh, back and forth competition? You know, obviously, the Europeans won so many Ryder Cups there until the Americans just got one. So it would uh, not wishing any ill will on Steve Stricker or any of the <laughs> Americans, but it would, for the sake of the event, purely, it would uh, be nice uh, to see the internationals finally win one. Yeah, well, I think we can. I think we can all agree on that. But uh, Ron, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy Liberty National this week and the Presidents Cup. Thank you, guys. And thank you so much to Ron Green Jr. for joining us. Always great to, to have him on. Uh, let's jump right into the schedule for this week. Of course, we have the President's Cup at Liberty National. Should be a really cool backdrop there with New York City. And, you know, those New York fans, Cassie, always always get into it. They're going to hopefully heckle some people and really <laughs> provide some edge to this uh, this President's Cup because we definitely need it. So Absolutely. <laughs> the uh, European Tour is the British Masters. It's Rory's last event, I believe, of 2017, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's going to be uh, the last thing that he he plays in officially before we see him again in 2018. The uh, LPGA is at the New Zealand Women's Open. The Web.com Tour, they're going to be awarding uh, 25 new PGA Tour cards this uh, this weekend at the Web.com Tour Championship. So look forward to that. Um, there's no Champions Tour this week, they uh, they played the uh, Pebble Beach first tee event last week where Bernhard Longer won. Shocker, of course. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, um, and then on the Amber schedule, the last USGA state team championship event. Sad to see this go. They've played it 24 times. Last one, uh, the women are, are going to be the last one. And uh, that's in New Mexico. So we'll see. I how have that a bummer goes. that's going away. Big I bummer. Like, I like that event. Yeah. yeah, I like that event. Yeah, but- absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump right into um, our picks this week. We're going to pick the U.S. or the internationals um, for the President's Cup. So, Sean, who, who do you got winning? Yeah, I'm going to go with the U.S. And uh, mm-hmm. no no shocker here. Uh, no. I'll, I'll, I'll back up my uh, point with a very simple stat. And that is that 11 of the U.S. team members made the Tour Championship. And the 12th is Phil Mickelson, and he missed it by a shot. So yeah. um, the pretty much the entire American side play in the Tour Championship. Only five guys 
from the international side, if I have my math right, which is always uh, a problem for me. Um, questionable. Questionable. Uh, I believe <laughs> only five players from the international side made the Tour Championship. They And they have some guys that are just total wild cards at this point, like Siwoo Kim. We have no idea how Siwoo Kim is going to play. I mean, I think just some of those guys in the 8, 9, 10 spots for the international team, we just really, we don't know what we're going to get out of them. So we'll, we'll have to see. Well, even like Hideki hasn't been playing great. Exactly. I, you know, my, my, oddly, my mom asked me the other day, she's like, where's Adam Scott been all year? I'm like, <laughs> mom, that's a great question. <laughs> you know, so I was like, thanks for paying attention to what I do, mom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, I, 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 like you said, it's just the, the stats and I, the Americans, their depth, we talked about it earlier. I, I have to go with the US too. There's no other, you know, there's no other way to describe it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I, I think the U.S. is going to win. So that that's those are pretty easy picks there, Sean. <laughs> pretty easy, yeah. I mean, I, I think for the President's Cup to be competitive, don't you agree that Australia has to be, like, a dominant force in golf? Yes. Isn't that, I mean, like, Jason Day and Adam Scott haven't won this year. And, no. I mean, it for the President's Cup to be competitive, it would have been great if it was last year because, like, Adam Scott won, what do you win? Honda and Doral, RIP Doral. Um, yeah. And Jason Day won, uh, okay, the players, and he won Bay Hill, I think. And if I'm going um, back correctly, yes. Um, yes. he won like three events in the span of maybe two or three months. And um, I think the, the, the President's Cup would have been more competitive last year because they had a, a bunch of guys from Australia play really, really well. And, uh, you know, Mackenzie Hughes won from Canada. He probably would have been on the team. So, yeah, I think there right. there are a lot of different scenarios there where it would have been better last year. But Australia has not really done that well on the PGA Tour this year. And I think because of that, they just do not have the uh, the talent to or the, or the depth, I should say. And they're not the hot hand right now to play well. I kind of wish like, yeah, I kind of wish Jason Day or Adam Scott season was like this year or Mark Leishman's was last year. Mm-hmm. You exactly. know what I mean? And, the, and, and then... It would have it would have been a President's Cup year, and then they would have played and been like, "Whoa, this is, this might actually be like a decent match." But Jason Day and Adam Scott have been like, "No, nowhere." So I, yeah. I don't know. I I guess we're both going with the Americans, yeah, which we, is fine. Yeah, we saw Jason Day at the Byron Nelson lose that playoff to Horschel, but other than that, uh, it's yeah, it's been it's kind been, of uh, a wall for both of those two. Yeah, it's unfortunate, yeah. but oh well. That's all the time we have left on the postcast this week. Please follow media feeds including twitter facebook and instagram just search global golf post and you'll be able to find us until next time for sean and i hit him straight see you later